Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Zoe Church Podcast. It means the world that you would take time to be on the journey of faith with us. Whether this is your first message or you've been a part of our church for a number of years, we are so thankful that you're here with us today for today's message. As we conclude a study through the book of Daniel, we're going to be looking at the last few chapters of the book of Daniel and his prophecy of what's to come in regards to the Son of Man, Jesus, and the end times. One of the things I love about Daniel is he was actually validated by Jesus himself as a prophet. We're going to look at that verse. And it is here, the first of the month. So we want to thank everyone that gives to Zoe Church. Thank you for your ties. Thank you for giving offerings. If you'd like to partner with us here at Zoe in Los Angeles, go to our website and you can give there or text Zoe to 77977 and you can give there. But we, on the first Sunday of each month, we thank those that give. So thank you to every giver. But without any further ado, let's jump into this week's message in conclusion to the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 7, go to verse 13. We are concluding today a series that we have been in, studying the book of Daniel. And so if this is your first time to church or your first time to church in a long time, we are so grateful that you're here. Why don't we clap and welcome everybody that's come for the first time. That is the worst welcome clap I've ever heard in my life. Welcome the people to the Iglesia. You'd think that you don't want them here. No, you're welcome. We're excited you're here. If you have missed or you're new, you can go back and catch up. We have been studying the book of Daniel. I love his name. Daniel's name means God is my judge. And I like that he lives this name out. You know, you, you fit your name. My name means warrior. Ha! Ask somebody about me. Like, you're not a warrior, bro. You're in a turtleneck, okay? But... <laughs> so I didn't live up to my name thus far. Um, but Daniel, his name means God is my judge, and you can sense that from his life. Daniel does not struggle with the fear of man. He doesn't live for man's approval. He only lives for one person's approval, and it's not a human. It is his God. Daniel, if you go back and read there are inspiring stories like Daniel in the lion's den or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego getting thrown into the fiery furnace. And I love that this book shows us how to live, I call it living upstream. See, Daniel is an Israelite. He's a Hebrew boy, but he has been held in captivity in Babylon where they don't live God's way. They live this kingdom's way. So Daniel is having to live counterculture. To be a Christian in this world is to live a life that is counterculture. Everybody else does this with their money, but I live counterculture. Everybody does this in their relationships, but I live counterculture. I, I'm living, if the whole world's in a stream going this way, I'm doing my best to follow Jesus and go this way. So what's inspiring about this book, the book of Daniel, it's, it's his commitment, it's his lifestyle, it's his decision to say, I'm gonna serve God no matter what gets thrown my way. 
Let me remind you that in life, never get too high and never get too low. You just got to stay the course. Just put one foot in front of the other and keep going. You might throw lions and tigers and bears and and a few clipper wins at me. I'm not going to be unfazed. I'm going to put my turtleneck on and go live for Jesus. Who am I preaching to? Me. No matter what I go through, it's not going to it's not going to deter me. It's not going to discourage me too much. I'm going to God is my judge. I only live for him. Now, in the first, let's say, six chapters, that's kind of the main theme of the book of Daniel. But the last chapters have to do with these visions and dreams that he receives about the future of Jesus and the end days. In fact, Jesus himself validates that he studies this book. So you're in good company. If Jesus studied the book of Daniel, aren't you grateful that we studied the book of Daniel? Watch what Jesus says here. I love how Jesus validates. He says in Matthew 24, but be ready to run for it when you see the monster of desecration set up in the temple of the sanctuary. Let me just pause there. What he's talking about, be ready to run for it when you see the end times. So Daniel, long before we even get there, Daniel has a vision of what the end of the world is gonna look like. Jesus quotes him and he says, no, no, the prophet Daniel described this. If you've read Daniel, you know what I'm talking about. In fact, I want to take that line and give you today's message. Write down the title. It's called, You Know What I'm Talking About. If Jesus said, you know what I'm talking about, Zoe, because you read from the prophet Daniel. I love this because Jesus is saying, I studied the book of Daniel. I'm glad Zoe is studying the book of Daniel. I know what the prophet said. I'm glad you know what the prophet said. I just want to take four truths from these last chapters that have to do with visions and dreams of, and things to come, but I want to apply them to our life today. Here's the first thing that the book of Daniel, the end chapters, will teach our lives. Write down number one today. Don't forget our king has come. I love this. Daniel 7, verse 13. I saw a human form, a son of man, arriving in a whirlwind of clouds. He came to the old one who was presented to him. He was given power to rule, all the glory and royalty. Everyone, race, color, and creed had to serve him. His rule would be forever, never ending. His kingly rule would never be replaced. What what Daniel is talking about, and that phrase he's using, is he sees a vision of the Son of Man. Now, let me just teach you real fast. Son of Man is Jesus' favorite term to describe himself. So Jesus has many names, Alpha, Omega, the line of the tribe of Judah, the bread of life, the bright and morning star, the balm of Gilead. He is the, he's, he's the bread of life. He's the living water. He's the great I am. He's the Messiah. He's the cornerstone. He's Christ crucified. But of the, all these names, Jesus' favorite name to call himself, he called himself this name 78 times, son of man. He would say, I, the son of man, don't have a place to lay my head. He'd say, I, the son of man, I came eating and drinking. I, the son of man, am Lord of the Sabbath. 78 times he uses this line, son of man, because I think he was drawn to it because it spoke of his earthly human side, the son of man. 
Here is Daniel years before Jesus, and he sees a vision that the Son of Man is coming. The Son of Man is on his way. And when he comes, every race, every tribe, every tongue, every language, every ethnicity is going to bow down and worship our King. I'm excited today because that wasn't just a vision. Anybody thankful that came to pass? Long before he was born in a manger to a virgin teenage girl named Mary, Daniel saw Jesus, the Son of Man. He saw the king. Oh, there he is. See, you have to understand, Daniel's seen all these little kingdoms and these beasts, and he's seen all this, these visions and end times and these little kingdoms that are going to arise, these little gods. And he's like, oh, th this is scary. But then all of a sudden he looks and he sees the Son of Man. I want to encourage you today. The reason why we're in church is because Daniel just didn't see a vision. God fulfilled the vision. God sent his one and his only son to live on this earth for 33 three years. After 33 years, he died on a cross. After three days, he rose from the grave. Is there anybody thankful today for Jesus Christ crucified? It's greater than a vision. It's our reality. Oh, I love John 3, 16. In fact, I was watching this uh, clip the other day. If you didn't know, this Friday at our church, we are hosting a prom for the special needs community. We call it Night to Shine. It's the best thing we do all year long. And every one of them gets crowned the homecoming king or the homecoming queen. And we throw a massive party. And a guy named Tim Tebow founded this idea. I was watching a clip of Tim Tebow the other day. He was talking about the genesis of him putting John 3.16 under his eyes when he played at the University of Florida. And he said one day in the locker room, all these guys were putting that black, you know, marking underneath their eyes and writing like their area code and like abbreviations and, you know, like their girlfriend's name, like Julia. You know what I'm saying? You know, just if I was there. Ah, oh, it's getting hot. Um, and so... When he saw this, he had the idea, I, I think I'm going to put, I'm going to put John 3.16 this Saturday. So he goes out to play, and I forget how many millions and millions of people would Google John 3.16 because he wore it that day. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. You need to understand, God did not send Jesus because he was mad. God sent Jesus because he loved us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son. That whomsoever, the gospel is not for a few. The gospel is not just for America. The gospel is not for church attenders. The gospel is for anybody that would say yes to the good news of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave I like to say it this way, God gave his very best. How could we give any less? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son that whomsoever, anybody, doesn't matter your ethnicity, doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter what you did last summer or last year, doesn't matter, any, it doesn't matter your past, doesn't matter your current problem, doesn't matter your certain identity, it doesn't matter. In whomsoever shall believe in Jesus will not perish 
but have everlasting life. The only way to heaven is through belief in Jesus Christ. And so here's Daniel, and he's shaking in his boots like Woody from Toy Story. Sorry, I watch a lot of kids' movies. It's my, I'm raising them right. And he, and, he, and he sees this vision, and there's all these little little demigods. There's all these little beasts. There's all these little fakies. And, and, and he looks up, and he sees the Son of Man coming in the cloud. And the, the, the one that reigns forever gives him all the dominion and all the glory. I am thankful today that our king has come. And today we are not worshiping a dead God. We are singing songs to an alive God. My God wasn't was, my God is, and my God is to come. And I'm grateful today that we don't sing songs to somebody that used to do good things. I'm grateful today we're singing songs to a God that's in the middle of doing good things. Don't forget that our king has come. Oh, I love that. Write down number two. Don't stop acknowledging God. He, look at this, look at this next part. Daniel chapter 9, verse 21. Now, while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Did you notice that? While, while Daniel was, was praying and while he was confessing and while he was singing and while he was repenting, he's just acknowledging God. I think it's good practice to acknowledge God. Have you ever been somewhere and you're standing in the room and no one acknowledges your presence? Have you ever been somewhere where you're like, I showed up and no one even said thanks for coming? See, I think the reality is, is that God is with you in your car. He is with you while you're at work. He is with you in your home. I think it's good practice to acknowledge God. God, I just want to acknowledge that you made today. I just want to acknowledge you gave me my job. I just want to acknowledge I got a paycheck because of you. I just want to acknowledge that I got favor on my life because you've been really good. I'm just acknowledging God. When you pray before a meal... When you stop and pray, it's not that the food needs to be prayed for. Growing up in church, I couldn't understand why we prayed for, for the meals. Because every time old school people would pray for meals, they were always talking about, Lord, bless the hands that prepared the meal. So I was always like, do we pray just to bless the hands that prepared the soup? And then later when I grew older, people were like, and Lord, bless the nutrients, bless our bodies with nourishment so we can go out and do your service. So I was like, do we pray for the calories? Is it the hands or the nutrients? Praying before a meal is just pausing and saying, God, I acknowledge you. Lord, I just want to, before I eat this, this pizza... Before I jump into this Chipotle that I paid extra for the guac. Sorry, that, that cut into your tithe a bit, God. There's a word for somebody right there. Somebody's like, yeah, I'm so sorry, God. I love the guac. <laughs> that got me a little bit. Okay, yeah. Um, what were we talking about? It's so hot in this turtleneck, I'll never preach in one again. <laughs> the reason why we pray before meals is we are quite simply just acknowledging God. But I just want to acknowledge you, you gave me the money 
to, to purchase this food. You gave me the, the freedom to enjoy my life. I just acknowledge, God, that you've been with me all day, and I'm just, I'm so grateful. I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path and establish your thoughts. If you want to be on the right path, and you don't want your mind to go crazy, acknowledge God. I'm just going to acknowledge God. God, you're the centerpiece of my relationship. I acknowledge you. You're, you, you are Lord over my house. You ever walk into somebody's house and you're like, ah, ah, oh, something is not right in that house. You ever walk into somebody else's house and you're like, wow, the peace. Oh. The, wow, why do I feel at home? I guarantee it's because they keep acknowledging God. Acknowledge the Lord. Let God know. I just, I know you're here. By the way, God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So because God is never going to leave your sight, you know that if you tried to get rid of God, you couldn't? You know, like this, this coming Sunday, we're going to find out whether the Eagles or the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. And these, these wide receivers are going to go out for, for, for passes. They're going to go out to try and receive. And when that ball is hiked, they're going to run their route and try and put a move on. See what I did right there? You saw that? You saw your boy? <laughs> Little okie doke. I got four people in the front row. It was like, that's on you, fam. You weren't ready for it. Bam, just hit you with the sauce. Shoot. <laughs> that guy Rob, his whole neck did hurt his neck. Anyways, <laughs> you guys are so much better than the ten. The ten just stared at me. <laughs> a receiver, their job is to make a move to bring separation so they're free. Even if you tried to rebel against God, you can't get rid of him. Even if you're like, I don't want to be around church. I'm mad at God. I don't want to do the God stuff. I want to, I want to do whatever I want. Spend, sleep around. I want to do my own thing. God's like, I'm, you can be faithless. I will be faithful. I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. I will never turn my back. I'm not a man, I'm not a man that would change my mind. Come on, clap today if you're thankful. God has stuck with you in the highs and the lows. What can separate us from the love of God? Neither height, nor depth, nor power, nor principality, nor angel, nor demon. Nothing can separate us. I'm grateful today I can acknowledge, even if I go down to Sheol, you're with me. Even if I'm in hell, even if I go to a Clipper game, you're with me. God is with you. And I love that Daniel's basically saying, I'm just going to acknowledge God. No matter how bad it gets, no matter how dark it gets. By the way, if you're going through a rough time, I love this quote. I just found Leonard Ravenhill. He said this. He said, if you learn to worship, which is acknowledging God, if you learn to worship, you'll never be depressed. You'll never be stressed. And I dare to suggest you'll never be defeated. So if you're dealing with depression, lift your hands and acknowledge God. If you feel defeated, you ought to lift your hands and acknowledge God. If you feel discouraged, you ought to lift your hands and acknowledge God. The more I lift up my praise, the more his blessing of his love comes down. If you feel discouraged, 
If you feel defeated, if you feel overwhelmed, acknowledge God. What I love about prayer and God is God, God, God is not looking for a perfect prayer. He is looking, He invites brokenness. He invites anxiety. He, he, he invites stress. He is not put off or, or discouraged by your angst. You're a human. He's the only perfect one. And so don't forget to acknowledge God. I just acknowledge God. I'm here in this hospital room, and I acknowledge that you, you're, you're, you're a good God. I'm, I'm here, God, and I got no clue what to say or do right now. But Lord, I acknowledge that you, you'll give me the tongue of the learned. Keep acknowledging God. Third thing, write this down, is that don't lose hope. Daniel never loses hope. As bad as it looks, as bad as it feels, as bad as it may seem, as dire, as bleak, as hopeless, Daniel never lose hope. Paul the Apostle in 1 Corinthians 13 says, all that's left is faith, hope, and love. That's all we got. All we got is faith in God, our hope in God, and our love for God. So I'm not going to lose hope. I'm not going to lose hope because I, I believe faithful is he that has called you. Let me just say to somebody today, if God called you to it, he's going to see you through it. Don't put your hope in yourself. Don't put your hope in the economy. Don't put your hope in a political leader. Don't put your hope in your spouse. Put your hope in the one that will never disappoint, the one that will never let you down. Put your hope in God. The book of Daniel is a story about a prophet that said, you can throw me in the lion's den, I'll still have hope. Put me in a fiery furnace and watch me still get hopeful about God. Oh, I love this scripture, Psalm 121. Put it on the screen. It says, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my, take out the word help, put the word hope. Where does my hope come from? My hope comes from you, the maker of heaven and earth. Put your hope in God. Maybe you're feeling defeated, discouraged, and, 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 and down. One time David in the Bible goes, why are you so down, my soul? You ever be in a funky mood and you're just kind of like a little melancholy, like in a turtleneck on a Sunday and just like, <laughs> it's clowny. Let's just be like Steve Jobs. You, you, you know, so, so some of us, we, 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 struck, we have a tendency to give over to our emotions and our circumstances and our feelings. Why are you so downcast, he says, oh my soul, put your hope in God. Which is, which is to say to yourself, listen to me, stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. Why are you acting like this? You know that God, oh, he's the God of Abraham. He's the God of Isaac. He's the God of Jacob. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same forever. Why are you so down? You think that God can't heal a body? You think that God can't resurrect a life? You think God can't restore a relationship? You, what's to Put your hope in God. Daniel teaches us and reminds us to no matter what we face, know that we can put our hope in God. And I love, I love, watch this, watch it. I think you need slivers of this in your life. Watch Jeremiah, I'm sorry, watch Daniel 9, 23. Daniel 9, 23. God shows up to Daniel and says, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. 
Why do you think Daniel has so much hope? Daniel has so much hope because Daniel has God showing up and reminding him, you are greatly beloved. You are greatly. Do you forget that I love you? Hey, you might, you might be going through all this stuff and you might be facing all these circumstances, but I, I think God shows up in moments of your life to remind you, I love you. You are greatly beloved. I've not forgotten about you. I, 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 I've been there every step of the way. This last week, Friday night, I was in the Bay Area and I, I went to this restaurant with a pastor and right away, I was like, oh, right away, I knew that we'd been there together before. And so I said to the pastor, I said, oh, yeah, we've been here together before. And he goes, really? Oh, I don't remember that. And I was like, oh, embarrassing for me. I remember what I ordered, what we talked about. I remember how good the food was. Don't I feel important? Oh, cool, neat. Uh, waiter, like he just didn't even care at all. I wonder if you struggle with feeling inferior to others. I wonder if you're wondering because of what you're going through that you feel like God loves them but doesn't love you. God shows up to Daniel and he says, Daniel, I want to let you know the reason why I've told you all this is because you're our beloved. Have you heard God say recently to you, you're my beloved. You're worth dying for for me. You're, you're the one I'm obsessed with. I think about you. God thinks about you so much. It says more than the sands of the seas, so are the thoughts of the Lord towards you. If you were to go and count all the sands of all the seas, God is thinking about you more than all the sands of the You're on God's mind. You're God's beloved. And God shows up and says, no, 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 don't, don't put your hope in you. Don't put your hope in the economy. Put your hope in me. I will never fail you. I will never let you down. Amen. Here's the fourth thing. Worship team, come join me. Here's a, the last thing we, live, we learn from the book of Daniel is don't forget Jesus will rule forever. There will be no end to our God's reign. This last scripture, just, I'm gonna read one that I'll quote another, Daniel 7. We're gonna, we're gonna end, but just listen to this. But when the court comes to order, the horn will be stripped of its power and totally destroyed. Then the royal rule and authority and the glory of all the kingdoms under heaven will be handed over to the people of the high God. The royal rule will last forever. All other rulers will serve and obey him. Just a heads up, God's not going to rule and reign now and have to get reelected in four years. Our God reigns from now to forever. Oh, I'm telling you, you ought to get swept up today in the eternal stuff. Don't you live for the temporary. Don't you live for this earth. This world is not your home. You're not a citizen of this planet. You are destined to a greater place. And when you go to heaven, let me just, let me just encourage you today. You're going to walk streets of gold. You're going to sit at the banqueting table. God says when you get there, there's no more earthquakes, no more famines, no more diseases. God will wipe away every tear from your eye. Because the thing you're a part of now has no end. You might get your license expired. You might get your passport expired. You might get your tabs expired. There might be an expiration date on some of your friendships, but there's no expiration to his kingdom. His kingdom will rule and last forever. 
Oh, that's why I love Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It's, it's such a Christmas verse, but let me just read it to you. It says, And unto us a child is born, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And of his government there will be no end. Of his government. Not an American government. Not some other king or some other ruler. I'm talking about the king of kings. I'm talking about the Lord of all the lords. I'm talking about the one that is and is to come. And so I beseech you, I, beseech, I beg you, I, I invite you, I call you, I, I, I ask you, I plead with you, don't live for the temporary. Don't you get caught up in what's here today and gone tomorrow. Don't build your life on that which will, which will slip out of your hands. You're a part of a new kingdom. If you've said yes to Jesus, you've been ushered into a new kingdom. You don't even live by the kingdom of this world. You are now a member of the kingdom of God. And in this kingdom, there's only one king. And this king is not here for a little time and gone tomorrow. He is here forever. For unto us a child is born. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting of his rule there will be no end and Daniel's he's he's seeing things he's feeling things he's hearing things he's like wow this is going to be crazy he's writing it down he's trembling he's shaking he's he's seeing little kingdoms get destroyed he's seeing little gods get wiped out he's seeing our God reign supreme he writes down the visions, write down the dreams so much so that Jesus studied this, this prophet. You're studying the same prophet that our Christ studied. Because even Jesus was learning about the kingdom of God. When Jesus was 12 years old, you want to know where you found him? He wasn't at Dave and Buster's. You couldn't find him at the Grove. Jesus was 12 years old in church. Asking questions, learning, what's the book of Daniel mean? What's it mean to have hope in my father? T -t Teach me about faith. Teach me about, I don't know about you, but I want to learn like Jesus did. I want to learn like Jesus did. Because with all my heart, I want to live upstream. If the rest of the world is going this way, with their beliefs, Politics. Let me just read this, this line. This is, stand your feet. Just let me just, just read this to you. Last quote on human beings. If you have it in the back, you can put it up. Listen to this. Human beings and their kingdoms become beasts when they glorify their own power, redefine right and wrong, and when they don't acknowledge God. Human beings, they just, their little kingdoms, they become beasts when they stop living for God. I don't know about you, but with all my might, I want to serve the Lord. With all my heart, I want to follow Jesus. When you find truth, don't sell it. When you find truth, hold it close to your heart and follow God. Amen. Can you bow your heads? Jesus, we thank you that today.